No mucking around today. Let's get straight into it. Welcome to Who's On Him. If I'm not mistaken, we have hit double figures with the recording of this podcast. This is podcast number 10. My name is Dylan and I am joined by JR. Welcome. Welcome to the 10th podcast. Do you think we would have ever made 10 when we first started recording this? No, definitely not. I, I didn't think we'd get to two. So to get to 10 <laughs> is, a, is a magnificent achievement. I, I would almost put it on par with uh, Bradley Williams getting to four wins <laughs> this year. So... A miracle, or in Beaver's case, <laughs> four games of footy in a year. So, <laughs> so yeah, a miraculous efforts uh, all around. So, yeah, happy to be here. Welcome, JR. Nine to five king now. How are you settling into the new work schedule? You look refreshed. You look like a, a rejuvenated man. There's some colour in your face. Your, your, your eyes are sparkling. Everything's going well, it looks like. Oh, yeah, thanks, mate. It's, uh, yeah, the, the, the renewed and refreshed kind of... Uh, appearance uh, either down to not working 12 and a half hour night shifts um, or down to uh, putting a few wins together on the trot in the uh, fantasy season so yeah everything's uh, looking up at the moment Jeez, I tell you what I couldn't record this podcast quicker after the result on the weekend at least on, <laughs> <laughs> on my end but we'll get to the results later on uh, very good good to see you all healthy and refreshed uh, just on my end over here um, for the first time I've woken up in this uh, state that I'm in <laughs> not like physical state, like a <laughs> mental state. Like, I, I mean, the actual location geographically that I'm in, in Queensland. And it was fucking freezing. Like, I didn't think I'd be one of these people who would walk over to Queensland and sort of go, oh, I'm going to get used to the, you know, 24 degrees being the norm weather and I'll have to put a jacket on. I am fucking cold up here. I can't believe it. it, it like, I don't know what it was like in Adelaide today, but... I woke up and I had to go chuck a jumper on and a jacket to get out the door. And I'm like, this is not this is not normal for this location. When you did have to go grab a jumper and a jacket, uh, did you have to go to the shops to grab them? Because I absolutely remember you uh, hurling <laughs> every bit of winter clothing uh, into, the, uh, into the bin when you were packing up and leaving Adelaide. No, I was out of school today. So I had to put on like a, a suit jacket or like a over jacket, whatever you want to call it. Um, along with a, a shirt and I already had that locked and loaded ready to go because I knew that I would get annoyed with ironing the back of my shirts for a while there. So I, How bad is fucking ironing by the way? Oh, ironing <laughs> sucks. Shout out to Uniqlo because they have uh, what, what I thought was uh, some really good high quality shirts where they're like you don't have to iron them, basically. I don't know what they're called, iron-free shirts. And I've had to iron it every single week since buying one. So I don't know if I could sue them or whatever, but it's very, very frustrating. I, I have not seen that brand anywhere else other than um, on players' clothing at the Australian Open. So I'm uh, I'm very impressed that you, you've managed to grab a couple and, um, yeah, you bring it bring it into the into the public consciousness. Yeah, I'm also rocking my uh, Lacoste hat and my my Yonex sweatbands when I go to school as well. <laughs> I, I can actually see you signed Leighton Hewitt Yonex uh, hanging up on the wall in the background. So you really completed the ensemble. Uh, no crow shot today. Nothing to really say about that game. We lost. Uh, it was an expected loss. 
we reacted in the appropriate manner, and that was, <laughs> I think you said the other week, there's only two stages or two states that you're in as a Crows fan. It's either Nick's out or Dick's out, and it was Nick's <laughs> out. <laughs> it was very yeah. much Nick's out on the weekend. It's, it, it's like a pendulum, and it, and it just really swings wildly depending on the result on a week-to-week basis. So uh, we are heavily, uh, well, my pendulum is heavily swung towards uh, Nick's out, so... <laughs> Hopefully Sunday uh, we can make a move back to uh, back to Dick's out. We spent way too long rambling at the start of last week, so we're going to head straight into get him off. Fucking get him off! Yeah, um, get Minson off. He's coming off. Man, get, get him back him off. off. Get him off. Get him off. Get him off. Rocket, rocket. We can't hear. So I think everybody's anticipating me to go flat pack furniture uh, after. What I will say is probably not my best moment in the group over the weekend, where <laughs> I ended up sending a video of a bed I was putting together that wasn't actually going together for whatever reason, which I've, I quickly found out was my fault. Um, but anyway, we can... <laughs> it normally is with flat back furniture. We can skip past that uh, point. So I think it's a really obvious one if I were to go flat pack furniture, but a, just a really quick get him off. Nobody wants it. Your instructions are too convoluted, even if they are just in picture form. Can I have some writing to accompany it? I don't want all pictures. <laughs> <laughs> my actual get him off this week is something I'd say every sports fan is semi-familiar with. And most of us are probably familiar with it from uh, our childhoods, funnily, funnily enough, when you head back in the car from West Lakes after a probably terrible Crows loss and or a Port Adelaide loss, should, should you be so way inclined. And you, you flick on the radio and it's talkback radio all the way home. It's the fans calling in, having their say and, <laughs> and so on. <laughs> I'm going to say get him off the talkback radio because some of the stuff I've heard recently on SEN Radio, which I'm not entirely proud of admitting that I'm uh, listening to that, has just been ridiculous. You're going to love this story, JR. Like, love it. I love Talkback Radio. I love it. You're going to love this more than anything. It was uh, something I heard this morning that prompted it. So, uh, Kane Corns and Buckley have a show on Monday mornings and they obviously get people to call in mm-hmm. and so on. About five minutes before they offered people to call into the lines, Buck's very art. Uh, do you like Nathan Buckley? Uh, yeah, I like Nathan Buckley. I think he's, yeah, good on, good on Fox footy at least. So I, I really like Nathan Buckley since he's stepped out of the Collingwood sort of shadow and he's gotten into the media. I think he's articulate. I think he's, um, quite just an intelligent man, just not just on football, but just in life in general. Uh, like an incredible sort of kind of silver Fox, uh, you know, facial hair sort of yeah. thing. I'm very distinguished. Yeah. Like if I ended up being like Nathan Buckley in my latter years, well, not even latter years <laughs> in sort of my mid to, I guess, latter years, I'd be very, very happy. Well, you, well, you, you, you may joke, but like, I, you, do you remember that photo with uh, Nathan Buckley with his like shirt off and like in his playing days? <laughs> yeah. and he was absolutely ripped. Yeah, uh, I, I do, I do remember a, a similar photo popping up on your Instagram at, uh, <laughs> at one time. So you may have more in common than than you may wish to admit. Yeah, that was in my uh, my. <laughs> That was in my CrossFit days. <laughs> oh, you were right. working out with John, were yeah, you? Beat me to it. I was about to say, I was working out with John and we went to his uncle's place. I still remember John, like, solely going to Sydney for a week just yeah. to do CrossFit. <laughs> like, there wasn't a, like there wasn't a CrossFit gym down the road. <laughs> uh, Great, excellent. Anyway, we're off on a tangent again. Anyway, love Bucks. Bucks is great. So Bucks made a very articulate point about goal kicking. And there were quite a few inaccurate teams on the weekend. And he said, from a club level, they need to get the balance right. Because as much as you can just practice, practice goal kicking, 
you need to obviously get those reps in, but you need to actually fight the conditioning coaches as well who are saying don't get too many reps in because that's how you, all these big forwards are going to obviously tear every soft tissue. And it was it was mm-hmm. so insightful. I never, I've never even thought about that before. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, you just practice goal kicking and you might do some work. And the other thing he said was you allocate a certain amount of time for goal kicking, but forwards aren't just lead up mark anymore. You actually have to apply pressure acts, do everything else. So there's lots you need to obviously incorporate into practice that you've never, uh, we've never really considered until the last five mm-hmm. to 10 years or whatever. Very articulate point. I thought that's great. Yep. Well done, Bucks. <laughs> Gary from Epping called in. <laughs> I just got a question for you. Would you describe uh, Gary from Epping as articulate like you just described Nathan Buckley? No, I would not. And I'll explain why. <laughs> also, I should mention, I don't think his name was Gary and I don't think his name was Epping, but they're the first two <laughs> nouns that came to mind. <laughs> but anyway, sim- similar name, similar region. And he goes, it's going to be an awful impersonation, but I'll try my best. Yeah, Bucks, uh, just wanted to um, challenge you on your point you made about five minutes ago around goal kicking. Um, so I've played a bit of local footy in my life. <laughs> And you know a bit of a bit of private school footy back in the day, and an amateur footy. And I tell you what, you said before that players limit their goal kicking practice, and you know the confidence sort of comes naturally. Well, Bucks, I'm telling you, I would at my training to have a hundred to hundred and fifty set shots, and I'd do another fifty before the games. And I tell you, when I was taking a set shot in that game, I didn't think it was going in. I knew it was going in. <laughs> Well, I mean, I would love to see a game, watch a game in the uh, Epping D grade where where Gary was playing because it, it obviously would have been a sight to see. The whole so and Nathan Buckley rearticulated the points that he made very clearly beforehand and was way more polite than what I ever would have been for Gary from Epping. But he summed it up in the first part of his call in, Gary. He goes, "Bucks, I just want to disagree with you there." I've played a bit of local footy. <laughs> you're, talking to, you're talking to Nathan Buckley, a Brownlow medalist, a very highly successful coach who's been in the professional level system. But no, my get him off segment is to talk about radio because people like Gary from Epping get their views and their say every single day. And I get it. It's for the entertainment of the people. And I'm talking about it right now. And I've dropped SEN into the conversation and more people are going to listen to hopefully hear little nuggets of gold like that. But my God, it fucks me off. I, I love Talkback Radio. Sort of this story has just reminded me of, um, I remember listening to a, a bit of bit of Flight AA on the, on the way home. I think, uh, yeah, maybe a couple of years ago, there was a bit of Australian Open or maybe Wimbledon kind of chat that was, you know, had sort of manifested its way onto five double A sports show. And and the subject of Nick Kyrgios came up and he's, you know, <laughs> definitely, definitely one to raise the ire of uh, anyone that listens to talkback radio. Yeah. Probably, probably talkback listeners, not particularly inclined to uh, have a positive, uh, positive opinion. Well, that I would say that's got a bit to do with the demographic of people who normally <laughs> listen to callback radio. Um, and this, this talkback radio uh, comment, and it was over like nothing, like you know, he yelled at a, fan or something mm-hmm. and um yeah this one's gone well you know you know this this nick Kurgis fit <laughs> <laughs> with the mispronounced name and all and then just ripped into him for like two minutes on a, on a very sort of xenophobic kind of angle um, and i felt like that perfectly sort of encapsulated the uh 
the demographic on the on the talkback uh, on the talkback radio. Anyway, get him off the talkback radio. That has absolutely annoyed me. Stop giving idiots a platform. You should need some sort of IQ <laughs> test to be able to have your views broadcasted to the world in some sort of manner. JR, I'm going to throw <laughs> over to you. Uh, and uh, it's funny you should mention idiots with a platform because now it's time for my get him <laughs> off uh, segment for the week. Uh, so as you as you well know, I, I, I've sort of, you know, I, I feel like I, I've attacked quite broadly um, across the uh, podcast that I've done. Um, but I feel like now that that focus is is narrowing um, to uh, to grounds uh, and sporting venues as uh, sporting venues of Australia. You're not going after the Gabba again, are you? No, no, no. I feel like I've said my piece on the Gabba and, and I feel like that is my position is well known. Um, <laughs> but I'm going after a, a, a similar a similar sort of, you know, stadium uh, that can't be a particularly enjoyable spectator experience. And that is GMHBA Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I am sick of this ground. I don't know if I've been spoiled with the Adelaide Oval, but all these regional grounds like GMHBA, Alice Springs, the Gabba, I just don't want to borrow it. You, you, you seem like you do have uh, something to say on uh, GMHBA. Well, I thought you were initially going to go after Gold Coast ground, which is now, I think, Heritage Bank Arena, which I could also <laughs> see you going after at some point, formerly Metricon, obviously. It doesn't surprise me after the weekend you going after GMHBA. I thought it may have been because we play there every year and we get pummeled every year. <laughs> but but I feel like it's more related to the ground itself. It is, it is. But, but look, it's hard for that not to uh, affect my uh, opinion <laughs> of the ground itself. Uh, I think we've now lost 14 in a row there and haven't <laughs> even looked like winning since 2003. So that uh, definitely factors in somewhat. But it's more just the general kind of ambience of the ground. I. I was watching on, on, on Saturday afternoon and my lovely girlfriend sort of, she definitely wasn't watching as intently as me, but <laughs> she did kind of duck in uh, for a bit in the second quarter and, and mentioned, why is there no one at the ground? As they showed the uh, construction site <laughs> at the uh, end of the left of screen. <laughs> did, did she not see the one guy who's entrusted with like fetching the ball from the rubble? <laughs> Well, I didn't see him. I don't know if I wasn't looking hard enough, but uh, I, I need to ask. And, and I know, you know, COVID has led to, you know, a few issues with building materials and, and supply chains and the like, but why is that ground still a, still a heap of rubble? I, I don't get it. Have they run out of money? Like, what is going on? Well, as somebody who's building a house right now, who has been told uh, for the last six weeks running that we can't find a bricky to uh, to do the bricks of your house, um, I, I could probably vouch that there's some sort of, I guess, materials or labor shortage in the building industry. But you'd think if you've knocked down your, like, what, a third of your stadium, you'd have some contingencies <laughs> in place to get it done as soon as possible. Like, like I would have would have thought that, you know, in the in the planning, I mean, I don't know who's involved. Like, I assume the Footy Club, the Geelong Regional Council, maybe the Victorian government. You would think that kind of someone in that kind of you know broad area, and, and I'm sure there's people with you know a, a significant amount of construction expertise. I need to know who's made the call to to <laughs> knock a third of the ground down. But yet, we're we're still here years later, and and it's a, a heap of rubble. Right? It looks it looks like Greek ruins. <laughs> <laughs> 
How would you feel if we surprise Leachy when he gets back from Adelaide? <laughs> we meet him at the airport. He thinks he's going home, but we actually like give him a ticket, a domestic one-wayer to, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, you can get direct flights there to Avalon. And we say, Leachy, you actually, um, you're not allowed to go home until you help concrete the entire GMHBA stadium. <laughs> do you think he'd be up for it? Well, I think so. Like someone's got to do it. Like someone's got to actually, you know, put their head in the hole and, and, and finish off this stadium. Like how, how long is it going to go unbuilt for? Is there plans to finish it? I don't even know if it's ever going to be finished. Who else in our, like, in our league can chip in? Who's got some blue collar background? We've also got Dean who can hook up the lighting and so on. We've got uh, Leach who can do some concreting. Um, I know Jono entrusted his dad to build his retaining wall at his house. So um, shout out, shout out Keith. Um, we can, we can get maybe Keith get over. Keith involved. Did, yeah, I, th- I think Keith would be up for it. Do they need retaining walls in a stadium? <laughs> well, by the look of that one and how it looks like it's about to crumble at any minute down there, I think a retaining wall would be a great idea. Hey, I'm going through the list. John, John's, John's done a few home renovations. I've seen him at work. He, he's not the worst. All right, here's a question. Who would you least trust on the tools <laughs> to get that done? It can't you be, know it, the answer, it, and it's it us too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excluding us. Like we're, we're not included. I've, I'll back myself in after the flat pack furniture debacle that I probably am not <laughs> I, trusted. I, I used a power drill for the first time about two weeks ago, so <laughs> I, I'm ruling myself out of uh, any sort of uh, labour. Um, Hang on. Did so, you say the worst or the best? No, nah, let's go. Let's go the worst. So your options are yeah. of the remaining. We've already talked about uh, Leach and and Dean. We'll back them in. Let's go. Yep. Schmidt, Alex, B. Will, Grady, Davies, Presbury, John, Echo, Norman, Jono, Regan, Stasi. They're your options. Least one on on yeah, the yeah. The the one who you don't trust to do any sort of reputable job. Look, just just from and, and I mean I I don't know him incredibly well, but just from my my sort of brief interactions, I, I get a similar vibe as as my you know both of us that he would just be completely incompetent on the tools, and that's Grady. <laughs> that was <laughs> mine too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my thing with him was he just seems the most white collar out of a lot of them. <laughs> I, I would say the man has never not worked behind a desk. So <laughs> similar, similar to us. There's just something about him. I don't know. He's just very, very... He's like you and I. That's how I would describe it. So don't take this personally, Brady, because all we're saying is you are very much like us. But I would absolutely put him in there. And with a close (laughs) second, um, this might shock you, but I wouldn't trust Jared Presbury on the tools either. (laughs) No reason. I have no no idea sort of what, uh, besides what Presbury does, um, what he has maybe previously done, if he's done any home renovations. He just looks like that. I wouldn't give him a hammer. <laughs> so shout, um, shout out, Fred. Shout out, I think, I, I think we also have to maybe mention uh, Echo. In, oh, in this actually, yeah, white collar, yeah, incredibly white collar. Oh no, like, I'm gonna I, no, I'm taking my answer back. You can have Grady. I'm going Echo. <laughs> <laughs> As a man who has moved to Melbourne, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely backing in Echo that he. Oh, and also he submitted evidence of himself working on the flat pack from the week before. <laughs> and that was worse than the bed. So yeah, no, Echo's my my response. 
Actually, even I managed to put together a couple of relatively complex bedside tables a couple of months ago, like against the odds, but it was achieved and the drawers slide and they stand upright and they look relatively even. So Echo must be must be pretty, pretty ordinary on the uh, <laughs> on the tools. You can't see it, but next to me is a half-finished uh, bedside cupboard that I said I was going to do yesterday, but I gave up after the bed <laughs> debacle. So I'll let you know how mine turns out. We can compare notes. Okay, excellent, excellent. <laughs> that was get him off. We need to move on to a relatively new segment. I don't know if we'll do this every week, JR. It just depends when we get them flowing in. But we thought, uh, well, p- part of the feedback of this podcast is less fantasy, more shit talking, which is interesting <laughs> considering it's a fantasy <laughs> podcast. So we'll, we'll, I guess for the short term, accommodate that. So I asked you today to submit uh, your user questions in, and I asked as best as possible, could they not be related to football? So we can... Uh, keeping quite vague and open. So we've got a f- we've got three questions here um, that I've selected and we've got a couple others that we'll um, put on the back burner for a, a later date. First question is, and it's semi-related to our uh, barista chat from last week that ended up sweeping the group by storm and everyone was whipping out their, their preferred milk of choice. <laughs> <laughs> Try and say that without laughing, whipping out your preferred milk of choice. <laughs> um, a... Fantasy Coach has submitted, if you're using X milk for your coffee, what milk do you use for your cereal? Now, I'm not even going to really ask you this because I'm pretty sure you just drink full cream. Is that correct? Uh, no, I, I feel like I, I tend to stay away from a, a huge amount of uh, amount of milk. Like I'll, I'll drink like a milkshake or, or something. But um, normally with cereal, I mean, I just have... Oh, normally it's like a light milk or at the moment, I think we got like a heart start sort of low cholesterol uh, option in the fridge. So I feel, awful. Like, I feel like we're rolling with that. <laughs> but with all the shapes I've eaten over the last 30 years, it, it may be required. So well, that, we'll that's, a, that's a proven scientific method, actually. If you, you know, you eat too many shapes or something like that, just <laughs> chug down a litre of heart start milk and you're all good in the, in the gates. Clears the arteries right out. That's the... <laughs> Did you see the Brett Lee? It says it on the box. Did you see the Brett Lee thing that um, Jono put in the group from yesterday? No, no, I didn't. Oh, you're going to lose your mind when you see it. Just just speaking of just uh, (laughs) non-evidence-based medical uh, things, he's advocating for this thing where you blow into it and it clears out all the mucus from your lungs and it just looks so (laughs) dodgy. (laughs) That looks like something Brett Lee would get by. It absolutely is. Um, I... Great question, by the way, uh, from the person who submitted that in. I would use a slightly different milk to what I would normally have in my coffee. So I actually, I I alternate between almond and oat milk. I'm Mm. going to go with almond milk in my cereal because oat milk is, (laughs) I hate talking about milk. I don't know why I get so uncomfortable. (laughs) It's like like too thick. Grow up. (laughs) It's like too thick thick it's like i don't know i wouldn't want that it, uh, that consistency in my cereal whereas almonds are a little bit lighter and you could just i don't know run it through whatever you're having but i will also say this if you're over the age of maybe 12 you shouldn't be having cereal for breakfast what <laughs> no, i'm sorry i can't do it i've i don't understand people who have cereal for breakfast past a certain age i think it's a weird concept well what do you have like toast actually to be honest with you, i'm a bit it's a bit poor of me i don't really have anything for breakfast most days but when yeah. i do i'd have toast and it's like a banana or something like that like i don't know cereal just feels like it's all yeah. ch- child sort of I, I guess there is adult cereals you got your wheat mix and so on but it just feels like what like 
you're a 26 year old professional with like scoffing down fruit loops in the morning <laughs> yeah but i would push back on that a fraction and and like it depends what cereal you're having like if you're rolling into the office in the morning and like you've just come off like a big bowl of cocoa pops then like fair enough i, I get your point but i feel like if you've gone for a more like fibrous uh sort of healthier option to maybe kind of keep the uh, digestive tract going so i'm thinking like a just right a uh um, an all brand like somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in that kind of realm, a special K potentially. All right, I'll, I'll concede I might, I might be wrong on this. Uh, it's just my personal opinion, and I guess it's the the cereals that I associate breakfast with are, are very much child's <laughs> child <laughs> uh, related cereals. Like even like, <laughs> like no adult should be eating Nutrigrain for breakfast. I feel. Yeah, but what if they really want to become an Iron Man? Like <laughs> the, the dream's not dead, right? If I eat enough Nutrigrain, I can run like 40Ks. That is what I've been led to believe. Yeah, because you're just burning sugar like it's coming out of <laughs> nowhere. Um, they, they have done an incredible job, Nutrigrain, of like managing to cover up the fact that their cereal is just pure sugar. <laughs> um, just you a lot. Taste the milk in the bottom of Nutrigrain. It is just like it's more sugary than like actually flavored milk. Just the last one on the milk cereal, because I don't want to spend too long on it, but do you think whatever milk choice Schmidt used in his porridge the other day <laughs> may, may have led to that explosion in the microwave? Well, it's interesting you say that because I I don't know if you've heard, but uh, you know, Pure Milk have bought out their newest sort of uh, milk line, the uh, exploding milk that you can either get in one litre or two litres. So... <laughs> If you want anyone who wants to give that a crack and end up with very ordinary looking porridge all over their microwave, uh, yeah, it's in in stores now. Um, all right, that was your user submitted questions. <laughs> we will be back after the break with the round eight review. Welcome back. We were just discussing in the ad break the lack of uh, faith we have in everybody in the group to actually get on the tools. It is such a white-collar group, and you're right. I think it says a lot about <laughs> the game of AFL fantasy. <laughs> but the the thing is, I would say that perhaps blue-collar workers maybe not as well-versed in the league, i.e. Leachy, sorry, mate, Norton 8, that's some evidence there. But Dean's a, a qualified electrician is absolutely killing this league with a flag in it. So I don't think we could really read too much into that. I think what we can read into is that don't trust any of us to like help you with any sort of laboring at your house. Uh, shout out. I do need a fan installed in the bedroom. Uh, if anyone would like to, to volunteer, um, I don't think anyone I'm can help to take anyone. I don't think anyone can help you install it, but I think, uh, B will can help you f- like source the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's a lie. I actually think Dean can help you, but we'll we'll discuss that off air. Okay. (laughs) Round eight review time. I'm so excited. I I know my game's first every week, but this game in particular, I'm just like ready to launch in. Uh, Revolving Doors, uh, 1484 defeat, censored FFC. Two on the trot losses for Alex, 1477. Where, oh, where do I begin (laughs) with this game? All right. I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey. <laughs> nah. Uh, Saturday afternoon at four o'clock, Alex sent the very, very, very ambitious uh, congratulations, Sensit FFC, <laughs> seven and one <laughs> message to the group, which he normally does when he is comfortably up. And I won't lie, at that time, 
I was down and I thought, oh, it's going to take a little bit to get back into it. But it's de- it definitely wasn't over at that stage. Anyway, <laughs> I thought he was a bit silly. And then an hour later or a couple of hours later, uh, Tim English's captain dropped 314 points. And I had an absolute <laughs> nightmare of a Saturday night just in general. <laughs> My captain didn't even crack 100. It was just all, it was all bad. At the end of Saturday night, I had three more players played for a lead of 30. And these are some, and these are You're some, done. yeah, done I'm cooked. These are some of the players that he had to come the next day. Jack Sinclair, Jake Lloyd, Jordan Ridley, and a couple others as well. Compared to, I guess I had a few good players, but nothing compared to those lots. So I was done. I was pretty foul. I had a, had a kid-free weekend this weekend. I just went to Sydney and I was like, I'm just going to enjoy it and sort of mosey about my Sunday. Didn't get any better until about, halfway through the through the second quarter of the Essendon game when Jordan Ridley went down thanks to <laughs> shout out to Junior Rioli you'll get your payment very very soon for whatever you did to him because Jordan Ridley went down and it opened up a possibility but definitely not a probability oh, I was just going to touch on Otis's trip to Sydney was he disappointed that GWS sold their home game to Canberra this week and he didn't get the go well he went there for rugby league and he realized that it was all back home for magic round he was spewing <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm making a very long story of this. In short, uh, I was still cooked even heading into that game. And then I don't know what happened in the last two games on Sunday, but I managed to squeeze through with a seven-point win. This is just... I, I don't like tooting my own horn on this podcast because that's when the karma bus hits you. I've done this three times now. I did this against Regan earlier in the year. I did this against Jono when my captain went down with a sub. And now I've done it against Alex. Would you say... On the greatest... No, I'm not kidding. Uh, would you say... <laughs> uh, would you liken my team to Collingwood just coming through in the fourth quarter? Uh, potentially. I would also say you're playing with fire uh, in terms of tempting <laughs> the fantasy gods. So <laughs> I would tread very carefully. But you've definitely had a couple of absolutely spectacular Sunday uh, rise from the dead type wins. So I'm all very exciting. I'm pretty... I'm pretty cognizant that I've got some bad luck coming because my second point to that was you can't have that many wins in a row like that. Well, not wins in a row, but you can't have that many wins like that without expecting some just shit luck coming through. I thought I might have had it with Took and it sort of balanced out, but I reckon there's like, I don't know, there's something really bad coming my way fantasy-wise. <laughs> uh, really quickly, some big scores, obviously, like I mentioned, from Tim English on Alex's side. Jake Lloyd won 12. Uh, my boy, my favourite player in the world, mentioned him last week. He is quickly becoming coach's choice, and that is Thrill Power, 109 again. And if if Thrill Power doesn't get you excited, JR, does Liam Shields 128 get you excited? <laughs> get on your feet! <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's going to be a, uh, a big night if uh, a Hawthorne sort of premiership reunion is, is coming up anytime soon <laughs> as Liam Shields like does the rounds and, and, and mentions to all his retired teammates that he's still dropping 128 on a Sunday afternoon. So <laughs> that is an egregious win. There is no way you can pour Liam Shields 128 to win the game in the last one. That is, I've got something. There is a big karma bus coming. But uh, on that game, is that one of the worst games of football you, you've ever seen? I refuse to watch it. That was it. shocking. I refuse yeah, to watch it. I wasn't... Both, a, both an AFL perspective, but I was talking myself into the possibility of getting back into this fantasy game. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it to myself. I'm not doing it to myself. So I proceeded to look at the flat pack furniture, the bedside cupboard for an hour while checking my phone instead. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so no, I didn't watch it, but I heard it was a fucking awful game. Revolving Doors moved to six and two, equal top, but shared with two other teams of the ladder. And I also share that spot with Censored FFC six and two as well. Next up, another close game. Not what I was expecting because Stasi was saying that he's, uh, it was over basically on, on Saturday <laughs> afternoon, as is customary in this league to say that the game's over before it actually happens. Did you, did you think he meant the game or his season? <laughs> it was the death of Danger Club. I will definitely say that. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. Uh, John, 15-71, defeat Stasi 15-35. Bounce back from John. Very, very impressive. Nice score from Doherty as captain. Parrish as well. Liberatore, excellent. Goldie in the ruck, very good. Stasi pretty unlucky. Like 15-35 once again. Probably gets you winning most weeks, but not this year for Stasi. Ollie Florent, 101. Will Drew. This is a weird hundreds for, for Stasi. <laughs> and Dusty turning back the clock with another hundred as well, along <laughs> with a couple others. Uh, but we do need to touch on the, the rebranded. Uh, now back to Mighty Torp and Kicking Dangers. Uh, my first question to you is Have you ever seen a club? rebrand itself mid-season <laughs> and have you ever seen a club go back to its original brand because things are going wrong <laughs> i think the only team that's had sort of more like of an in-season uh rebrand identity crisis might be the port adelaide power magpies <laughs> uh, which which is fitting that Starsy's club also has an identity crisis but with a 12.5 percent uh winning rate uh <laughs> <laughs> the danger I love, club. I, I can I can see why he's reverted back to the uh, mighty Torpens. I love how we've now got a big enough sample size of Stasi losing that we can refer to like percentage figures. Twelve point five is the uh, is the number. Before the rebrand went through last night, uh, I tried to initiate a trade with Stasi pretty much as soon as lockout was over, <laughs> and the man was that defeated that he goes, "I'm not engaging. I'm sorry." <laughs> Uh, that was when you know Danger Club was truly dead. Well, I, I guess there is one positive to come out of this. It's going to be that there is going to be a lot of sort of Danger Club merchandise um, popping up in, uh, you know, some less fortunate countries. Would you try and get your hands on some of that merch, like what it would be if the Adelaide Rams were still around? Like, you know, if you have a shirt like that, it could be worth a bit of like a really cool vintage <laughs> shirt. Do you think it's worth getting a Danger Club shirt? Well, you, you actually you actually mentioned that. I actually have a Danger Club shirt signed by Stasi Dimku himself. So <laughs> that is an ultimate collector's item that I can only imagine will increase in value rapidly. It reminds me of the, this cancelled merchandise or this, uh, this weird sort of merchandise that doesn't exist anymore. On the way out of that terrible day in, two, uh, in 2017 when the Crows <laughs> lost the grand final and I stormed out at about halfway through the fourth quarter, tears running down my eyes, et cetera, et cetera. On my way out of the MCG and the long walkway back to Fed Square, on the side of the walkway was a guy selling, obviously in anticipation that one of the teams is going to win and cutting his losses, uh, Crows 2017 Premier's <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> and I still to this day regret not stopping and giving that man $5. That's all it was, $5. Oh, oh. Uh, and I kept walking, but yeah, that, that one's fucked me off. I mean, you didn't get that one, but uh, we did also buy the uh, Crows 2017 Premier's T-shirt 
uh, in round four so uh, <laughs> that year. So <laughs> we're not empty-handed. April premiers, baby. <laughs> Hold your hat, JR. The now mighty Torping Kicking Dangers moved to one and seven. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh. And John moves to four and four. Bounce back for him. What a weird year for John, by the way. <laughs> Just all over the place. Speaking about weird years and all over the place, next game, Mad Jack Mike 1578 <laughs> lose <laughs> to Keefe's 1663. This is a weird round of fantasy. It was such high scoring results coming from different spots. It was all very, very strange. Highlighted by the quick succession of Errol Gordon putting on 70 points in a quarter to get to 161 fantasy points. Jono on cloud nine thinking he's basically got the win. Only for Jack Zebel <laughs> <laughs> to chip in with 184. Oh. Just <laughs> like, even if Jack Zebel, even if Jack Zebel here scores what a very respectable like 90 on 90 ish, which is kind of around the mark you'd expect for Jack Zebel. I think Jono wins, but no, he's doubled doubled that and scored 184. <laughs> Along with, to be fair, Ryan Burns, 86. Some good pickups from Dean, but I don't know how I would feel in that circumstance, knowing I've got this player doing this crazy thing, and then it, like not even what an hour later that happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> the the emotions would have been uh, quite something, quite something to behold uh, from Jono. So. Yeah, a uh, an afternoon much like his season, up and down. He is a very firm Jai Cully believer, um, one, of, one of his big advocates. How do you think he feels after him going down with an ACL injury? Well, you may not know this, but he is such a Jai Cully believer that he is willing to donate his own ACLs uh, to uh, expedite the healing process. So he may not even get rid of him onto the free agent heap. That will have to be a uh, wait and watch. He may even be performing the surgery himself, Dr. Johnson. My last thing about Jono, and it's not really fantasy related, is um, did you understand a word of what he was saying regarding the, the sticker choices that we have for our AFL <laughs> fantasy bumper stickers uh, in the merchandise group? Because he was talking about like different adhesives and different materials. And it was just <laughs> like, if you thought I was bad on the tools, don't get me operating a sticker machine. <laughs> well, yeah, look, I, and I mean, I, I feel like I've got a bit more of a grip on the on the printing game probably than the most having, having lived with him for... for quite a few years i would just like to know if uh, you know he can find an adhesive that's strong enough to stick his forward line back together because uh, <laughs> that looks to be falling apart rapidly uh you you're not into uh wayne miller 63 points or luke peddler 49 fuck he loves a crows player doesn't he <laughs> Jono moves to four and four and keefe's Get a bit of separation on the group. They go to five and three. Next up, crushing down to earth is the Wooden Spooners, 14-16, losing to, unfortunately, a pretty consistent uh, James Hurd immunity, 15-63. I think we can probably dispel the myth that uh, Norman is going to not make finals now because, oh, well, to be fair, we were peddling those myths also <laughs> at the start of the year. <laughs> But he's uh, actually—I'd I'd say he's fixed his team, but he's also made it infinitely worse with some decisions during the week. <laughs> How long we got for the Aaron Hall, Tuke Miller slash everything else that went along? Debacle? Andrew Gaff, <laughs> Andrew Gaff. Who did he? 
Who did he give for Andrew Gaff? Ryan Burton. I would much rather Ryan Burton in my team than Andrew Gaff. Me too. Me too. As someone who suffered an entire year of Andrew Gaff on their fantasy team, <laughs> that is a ride I don't want to go on again. Anyway, I can't criticize him too much because he's got the win on the board. 15-63 is a good score. Better than, better than us this week? Or did you score more than that? Uh, no, he had me covered by about 30. Connor Iden, big score, 106. Max Holmes, 102. Andrew Brayshaw, God, that hurts. Three, <laughs> 3.30 is, is captain, yeah. Like I said, he's left my, my team and just immediately, I don't know, had <laughs> career-saving knee surgery or something to <laughs> get him back to what he was. And Darcy McPherson, yeah. who is quickly becoming the pick of the draft, I think, 104. Another nice score from uh, Rory Atkins, by the way, in 88. What's your what's back? What's your formal position on Rory Atkins? Were you like fuck him off, get him off to the Gold Coast when he left, or are you back on? What's the go? Uh, no, I was very much team fuck him off, and then was proven right by the fact he didn't give a shit for the next three years until he's realised that his contract's ending this year and he might have to actually get a job <laughs> at the end of it. So, contract year Atkins, beware any free agent suitors. This has got Gold Coast re-signing him to like a. A f- another four-year deal all over it <laughs> and living out the uh, exact same four years that's just taken place. Looking at Presbury's team, I've had a mare trading this week. Lockie Whitfield, 132 as well. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't fill me with joy, uh, who I had in my <laughs> team. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. Ooh, oh, gee, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see that. To be fair, that game, I don't know if you saw it, was so open. Some massive scores that Bulldog should have. Like, nobody wanted to... I don't know, stop any sort of play. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> how, how many fantasy points could we all score between us? Which is ironically yeah. like what GWS and Bulldogs players are known for. So I should have, yeah, should have correct. known. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't come knocking for Hunter Clark yet from Presbury. Like we've talked about it a couple of times, but he's still in the team. He is still in the team. As is Jade Gresham off a of 42 and got injured. So maybe it was a, uh, a good thing. I didn't, uh, didn't go for Gresham. And Hunter Clark, I also saw the injured pop up on his name, but he must have uh, defied his own body and made it back onto the ground to score an 88. So well done to him. He may be developing a uh, bit of longevity about him. I'm not saying too much as, a, as an owner of Will Day, uh, <laughs> longevity <laughs> and injuries, because there's just certain body types in the AFL. Hunter Clark oh. has it. Will Day has it. That just scared the absolute here's shit Here's another out of one on another one on Presbury's team here. Zach Butters. He <laughs> loves an injury. He like. loves an injury. Well, actually, looking at let's look. All right, <laughs> let's go quickly go through Presbury's team and look at who is likely to be injured from his starting twenty-two. So Ainsworth, <laughs> that's fine. He didn't play anyway. Uh, Myers, nah, I'm okay with him. Rayner, yes, I've seen him blow out his knee before. <laughs> don't, 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 don't want that to happen again. Uh, Gresh, nah, I'm okay with Gresh. Although no, get- Gresh, Gresh, no, I would push back on that even as a lover of Gresh. Uh, he's coming off an Achilles rupture a couple of years ago, so. Okay, Gresh, Gresh is included. Uh, Zach Butt, as we've yeah. spoken about. Draper, I don't like, but I don't like any Ruckman in every wise, so. He, he, just any, anyone that's that heavy running at that sort of speed, uh, you, anything could go wrong. Oh, Driscoll, yeah, I would, I would absolutely throw him into that mix just by pure body type. Uh, Ashcroft haven't had enough sample size yet. Warpool, I think's okay from memory. Uh, yeah. Dion Prestier is not okay. Lockie Whitfield. Lockie Whitfield. Cripps has that much tape on him that something's got to happen at some <laughs> point as well. Um, Constantine Ballard has also been knocked out. I've seen him like do terrible things to his body already. He got knocked out twice in the same game on the weekend. It was quite impressive. 
uh, and Hunter Clark, as previously mentioned. So looking at Presbury's team, that could are we are we going on record as saying that's the most injury prone team in the league? A hundred percent. But we've also gone on record as completely jinxing our own teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is slaughtered with a rash of injuries this week, but. For the content, you have to do what you have to do. And just a, a side note as well, he's also got Pat Lipinski and uh, <laughs> Eric Hipwood, who has also blown out his knee oh. on his bench as well. <laughs> and Callum Coleman-Jones, also currently injured, I believe. So. <laughs> and Heath Chapman, he's injured as well. Oh. Heath Chapman's out for like two months. <laughs> Presbury, Presbury loves holding an injured player. <laughs> like He's got Pat Lipinski sitting there. I'm not sure Pat Lipinski's going to play again this year. Uh, do you reckon if all these players all these injury prone players we've just mentioned all got injured at once he would just hold like he'd just hold for like two months (laughs) copping zeros but nah it'll come good I'm going to time my run (laughs) Presbury moves to five and three still sitting okay there but that is a concerning score and James Hurd immunity moves to five and three also should have mentioned at the top, we've got a massive log jam again. Four and four uh, up takes uh, 12th position onwards. So there are a lot of even teams in this competition at the moment. It's incredibly impressive. It's, you know, there's only a few teams that you would say are out of it at this point. Maybe three teams out of it. And one of them is in the game next against your team. Uh, <laughs> 15-33, Collective Mind Galaxy Brains beat Dyslexia Untied. 13-54. Talk me through your team. Well, pretty much this one, you'd have to say, as was covered in Around the Grounds, uh, probably over on the Friday night uh, when a resurgent uh, Josh Dunkley dropped uh, 348 as a, uh, a VC option. Uh, so that pretty much killed off Leachy before the round even started. I'd say not the best round from my team, just kind of pretty average scores all around, but... Uh, some good solid ones from the likes of Chin Cotter and, and Saligo, who I picked up. Very happy with those boys. Uh, Zach Guthrie in 86 uh, played very well. Consistent scores out of Jaden Hunt. Uh, game was in the bag on uh, on Sunday, so Rowan Marshall only played his customary three quarters and then was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we thought we, we better get him onto the, onto the bench to rest him up. He is as close to a part-time footballer as you ever see. <laughs> This man should be getting like three quarters of his salary because it's some, it's all he ever plays every week. As a government employee, you'd be well versed in this. Do you reckon his like FTE is like zero point eight? Yeah, but it's like rotating. Like it's not every week. Like there's some like old sixty year old lady that comes in and does his shift. Like <laughs> like on every alternate Friday. <laughs> it used to be Patty Ryder. <laughs> And now they don't have anyone to play the role the role of old lady to backfield Rowan, so it's only him. It, it's only him. And um, some chop out from my boy, uh, Machido Owens, the pride of Japan, in the ruck. Uh, another 100 for him. He has been a excellent, excellent player. You love year. Machido Owens. Very you absolutely with, love I him. I love Machido. I think Machido is an absolute fucking star. Uh, love his work. Bit of a regression to the mean for Brody Kemp this week, <laughs> going back to a 54. <laughs> Who is Brody Kemp? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Charlie Dixon, 87. Harry Sheasel, 98. Yeah, pretty pretty solid scores uh, all around without being spectacular, but that's normally enough to, to do the job Yeah, in these sort of games. So happy just to get the win on the board. 
Just a, a note on Leach. He's a bit unlucky, and it's not a great score, but he should have probably been a lot closer to 1450 than he was 1350. He had a couple of subs and so on, and a few players go well under their average, including a Jack Skill at uh, Jack Steel uh, 170 as captain. So, if those things can sort of improve, he's going to start posting competitive scores again. I just hope for his sake that he does get that first elusive win very, very shortly because if he gets to, what, round like 10 or 11 and there's no wins on the board, we're starting to talk winless season properly. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking Adam Telford territory at that point. I mean, I think he's probably going to get get some sort of as the season goes. I think he has to fix the forward line a little bit. That is just not going to win too many games. But, I mean, the midfield is okay. Um, back line's pretty reasonable. Like, I can definitely see a path for him, him winning some games for sure. JR, you move to five and three. Welcome to the logjam up top. And Leachy moves to naught and eight. Next game. Oh, yeah. This is the one we want to Ooh. talk about. <laughs> DVTT's 1469 lose to a pretty red hot sneaky jellyfish's 1623. I have to say, this is just the most hilarious performance from Regan who tried to play it so cool on Saturday night and Sunday morning about how he's so excited to have a stress-free Sunday because the game's over and he told us that about three times. (laughs) And by stress-free Sunday, he means refreshing his team over and over again, hoping for a miracle for for four hours that never eventuated. Well, his stress-free Sunday included messaging us multiple times once again to Talk about how he uh, should have captained Bontempelli over Sicily, and that would be the difference, which it wasn't the difference in the end. <laughs> Lost by 160 points. <laughs> there was no difference. Naziah Wangane Miller, 129. This round of scoring is just absolutely stupid. There is just some crazy, <laughs> crazy scores, including from Schmidt's team, just flipping it over. Hundreds galore, Jacob Hopper, Harry Morrison, Riley O'Brien, Bailey Smith, Kyle Langford, Isaac Rankin, and Jared Berry on his bench. That is a very, very impressive score from him. And he's even eating a 67 from Lockie Neal. Welcome aboard, Lockie Neal, by the way, which I don't think would happen too often. Not that low. He's probably prone to your nine, 80s and 90s, but 67 is a bit, a bit silly. And even like Sam Collins. Sam Collins is averaging 80 points this year and only dropped 59. So there's probably even room to push 1,700 for, for the jellies here. Definitely. I think it's always the thing with, uh, with the jellies is... You know, you could get a wide range of scores just with the type of, of players that he has. Um, probably there's not a lot of real bankable set your watch to them scoring hundreds every week, but sometimes they might all score hundreds every week and you could be on the wrong end of it as Regan was. Um, and, it, you know, would you say it's a shame to see Regan lose? Oh, terrible shame. Absolutely terrible. It's, it's, <laughs> the league the league needs a strong re- No, of course it's not a shame. <laughs> would you say it's a... Uh, a sign of just how much Regan has alienated the rest of the uh, quadruple AFL coaching fraternity that we are celebrating a win by Adam Schmidt. (laughs) (laughs) Previously thought unthinkable. (laughs) What I will say about Regan losing this round is he's lucky it was probably a weird round in terms of like just stupid scores that took the attention of everybody. And even my game, which came down to the last, 30 seconds or whatever it was because it kind of diverted the attention away from a very arrogant man with his very arrogant team losing. So 
<laughs> I think if if there was like a sort of a run of the mill boring round, this would have copped a lot more heat than uh, than what it actually did. What are his current thoughts on uh, James Rowbottom, who I feel like is really his whipping boy this year? <laughs> Hang on, I, I can tell you exactly what that was. Uh, I'm just going to search Rowbottom in the search function of Messenger <laughs> because I remember he wrote something not that long ago, uh, and that was. Yep, got it. Uh, it was uh, you talking about the Queen orbiting the globe. <laughs> and his words were, "Can we shoot Rob? Uh, can we can we shoot Robotum into the sun also?" <laughs> so that's currently where he's at. Well, well, I think both of those things would have topped off the uh, the coronation incredibly well. <laughs> I would have watched if those two things were going to happen. I would have tuned in. DVTT sitting top of the ladder, equal uh, wins with myself and Alex. But having the better points, four, six, and two. And Sneaky Jellyfish is back in the hunt, four and four in that log jam. It's a loser bowl. It's. (laughs) 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 It's Gina Grinehart's 1442 play. Uh, The Basics, 1553. Uh, Another win for the Basics. Getting on the board. We were calling, well, sorry, one of us, uh, and it wasn't even us actually, it was Regan who was calling for a a Basics winless season not to be, getting his second win of the year with a pretty decent score, defeating probably now a, a crush. Gina Grinehart's after. I don't know if you've noticed. Do you notice a direct correlation between back-to-back wins and a bit of chirp in the chat from Grady? <laughs> strong, strong correlation. To be honest with you, probably not enough to win, but once again, Grady has well and truly fixed his team is what we said uh, last week as well. But Ed Langdon, 40, that's not going to happen too, too often. Ben Cunnington subbed on 22. That's not going to... Well, I hope that doesn't happen very often for Grady's sake, but... There is definite arguments that he could have got himself closer to that 1,500 mark. Again, a very competitive score. Uh, basics, very, very impressive. Josh Kelly, 218 as captain. John Newcomb in his first game, not performing, 76. Could be on the chopping block. Bolstered by Shea Bolton, 143. He has this weird game every now and then. Um, and I think as much as we potted uh, James Davies for his locking Neal and... I don't know who the other part was for uh, Shea Bolton and John Newcomb. Uh, we must say then, uh, well done to him this week because this week it worked out for him uh, incredibly well with that enormous <laughs> Shea Bolton score. I still don't think that is a winning trade in the long run, but this week it, it definitely uh, might have been the difference. I refuse to give Davies <laughs> any, <laughs> any more credit than what he's. Uh... This just reminded me, I owe him money for a beanie. I just realised that. I might edit this out of the podcast, but Davies, if we leave it in, you'll get your money tonight. <laughs> well, I think we also have to, uh, you know, and you may not want to do this, tip our hats to Davies. I mean, he's only won the two games, but he does have these like weird out-of-the-box scores pop up uh, every couple of weeks. Uh, and I'm hopeful as someone who playing him next week that he's got his like, 1500 1600 once a month score out of the way i was about to say you're only saying this because you're playing this week and you're prepping just in case shit hits the fan. <laughs> this is absolutely a couple of like big pre- scores this is had a couple of big scores like it can go wrong this is pre-damage control from you <laughs> this is exactly what politicians do when they're about to drop something bad they're just preparing the community <laughs> Davies moves to two and six, well and truly off the bottom of the ladder. And the Grindhearts are three and five. Missed opportunity for them, I will say, to join that logjam. But 
All good, still within striking distance in a competitive year. Just on a side note, I've got Lockie Norman just harassing me for a trade I don't want <laughs> on <a> message. <laughs> Lock the man. I'm going to just, like, this will be in retrospect when he hears this after the editing has gone on, but no, I don't want your trade, Lockie. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one does. And I've said I'm recording the pod and I'll have a look properly after. And he's wrote, like, I'm just... You can see it right now. Thoughts? Question mark. My thoughts are I'm recording the pod and I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think it's almost like a bit of a kind of restraining order type situation. Like you may have to take out. <laughs> uh, last game of the round is 14.08. Rain it, your parade Ooh. plays. Yeah, not good. Plays 14.95. Called it last week, although I didn't tip him, so I can't go all the way and uh, say I completely vouch for him. But 14.95, the Collie Wobbles. Not sure what's going on with Echo's team. I had him as like probably... It, sh- it should be better. It should be better. Just looking, <laughs> looking at all the names. Like on paper, this is a really good fantasy team. Like Dawson, Brayshaw, Jordan Clark, Harris Andrews, and even Mitch Hinge was overperforming this defense. And oh. the the oh, I guess the midfield isn't great when you've got Junior Rioli sort of propping that up <laughs> there. As, at, at, yeah, as M six. Oh, Peter actually, Laddam's about yeah. to be dropped. Oh, I would imagine ben, Lloyd Meek, Ben King. <laughs> like, oh, uh, why why is ben, why is Ben King in someone's team? Okay, what, he's also got the, the his brother. What's, ha- what's happened? He, he's got his brother. Why does his team looks so bad. He's got his brother Max King on the bench as well. <laughs> Just hoarding hoarding <laughs> King brothers. Oh, Ben Key's uh, dramatic fall from grace. <laughs> It's complete with a uh, with a fifty two, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's been just some like role changes or, or sort of what's happened, but this team looks yeah much of much lesser quality than it did a few weeks ago. I'm trying to work out where B Will's like win has come from here because like the score, like just looking <laughs> Tom at Cr- Green one seven. Wow, that'll do it. Yeah, sorry. There you go. Like just looking at like <laughs> look at this for an all time ruck uh, ruck battle. Peter Laddam's 44 <laughs> plays Ned Reeves 49. Uh, if you head into B was four line, you've got Bailey Fritch 33, <laughs> Tim Memory 34, <laughs> Liam Jones 55. How much, like if, if I told you that Hawthorne were, were playing Sydney, maybe at some sort of regional kind of ground, and Peter Laddams was going up against Ned Reeves in a ruck matchup for the ages, how much <laughs> money would you pay to go to this game? Do I have to like, do I have to drive there as well if it's a regional matchup? Uh, or, yeah, or, or can I be tra- or can I be transported? Like, can I, can I get some sort of like helicopter or something there? No, you have to go with either Peter or Ned, so <laughs> like, like in, in, in the car, in up. Their personal cars. Yeah, yeah. Can I change yeah. it? Can I change the question to who I'd rather go up to the game with? Like, do they have to be from these two teams? Yeah, well, it has to be either or Peter, just between Pe- Peter Laddams oh, and Peter Ned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither. <laughs> like, <laughs> for opposite ends, like Ned looks like, and sorry, Ned, if you listen, uh, an incredibly boring human being. He's not. <laughs> and Peter Laddams looks the opposite. He looks like, like he is the epitome of, he's a nice guy when you get to know him. <laughs> like you just know Peter Laddams is driving to these games in like a, like a, like an open top, like flat tray ute. Like, <laughs> Like farmers unionized coffee, like sausage roll. <laughs> Just, yeah, do you mind? Do you mind holding the wheel for me? Like, <laughs> um, just one side note about this game. You messaged me halfway through the game, basically saying, "Oh, who's on J Mac?" And obviously, I dropped him a couple of weeks ago. And then you also <laughs> said, "I'll put an RFA request on J Mac. <laughs> he plays for Beatles team." <laughs> so I don't know how you're going to do what? that. <laughs> 
but might be possible. Collie Wobbles bounce back four and four. I told you they're resurgent. I did say to Bebo in the chat that I'm going to have to tip you because I've tipped against you every single week of the podcast, but just wait till you see who he's got next week. So if you say Bebo's resurgent, um, how would you describe Echo? Oh, what's the opposite to resurgent, is it? <laughs> Desurgent? Like, I don't know. <laughs> A smouldering crater. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Cratering is probably what I was going to go with. So. Uh, a few issues for Echo, but I like I said, that team... I think is better than what it's doing right. Oh, actually, I, I don't even know anymore. I think the midfield is better than what it's doing. I don't know about the rest of it. Uh, and sorry, and I forgot, Echo also moves to four and four, so still well and truly within the hunt, but just a few issues to tidy up. Uh, and that was a very tangent field. Uh, round eight review. We'll be back with our tips and more shortly. Welcome back. Let's get into the round nine tips. My game at the top. I will not tip first as per usual. JR, you're on. Oh, sorry. I should probably uh, tell you about the other team. <laughs> 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 I've, already, I've, already, I've already accounted for my opponent. I'm not even going to mention them by name. <laughs> um, we are facing the rebranded Mighty Torping Kicking Dangers. And uh, in positive news, I can... Uh, confirmed through statement that we've been in talks with the Torping Kicking Dangers and we've allowed them to wear the traditional prison bar guernsey for our game to honour to honor heritage. So um, good luck to you, uh, mighty Torping Kicking Dangers. Uh, will the players also be wearing black armbands for the death of the danger club? <laughs> I think it is very much a Port Adelaide when they first came into the league sort of thing. They want to distance themselves as far as possible from that trade ring. <laughs> Well, I've heard they're now going to have to play all of their games away from home because they don't have the rights to the Danger Club venue. Uh, I need a tip. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not tipping. Um, definitely not uh, tipping the quadruple AFL equivalent of 1996 Fitzroy. Uh, so I, I am going to have to go with the revolving doors in this game. I will tip myself, but similar to the Davies sort of prep work that you put in, I am prepping that Starcy's had some, <laughs> some good scores and it wouldn't surprise me if he wins. But like, Have you seen the photos from the Danger Club? Like, they've chained up the actual like doors with like actual chains and padlocks. Like No one can get in, no one can access their stuff. Like Boots are still in the thought, rooms. Like, you, it's a shambles down there. I thought you were going to say they chained up their players. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should chain up the coach. <laughs> That's next. Uh, <laughs> next game, Censored FFC plays Kiffy's in a, what I would assume is the Friday night game of the week, a, a blockbuster, but a battered and bruised Censored FFC losing Trelaw and Ridley. I am pretty comfortable in tipping Kiffy's for this one. Yeah, Kiffy's pretty comfortably, I think. we. Well, not so much me, but you in particular have been predicting the downfall of... Uh, censored FFC for quite some time and uh, I'd imagine he loses to Keefies this week and that makes it three losses on the bounce. Mm. Reality check. That could, be, that could be a reality check. Absolutely. Next up, Slippery Licorice plays James Herd Immunity. Which Slippery Licorice will we get? Will it be the <laughs> 1168 from a few weeks ago or, or anything that resembles a fantasy team? Well, I, I would just maybe sort of like to slide the petition out there that, that John changes the name from Slippery Licorice to Licorice All Sorts to match the <laughs> absolute wide variety and variance of his performances this year. Can we... 
we've never really done this before, but I've never really stopped and actually analysed the names in our competition. <laughs> what is Slippery Licorice? I, I would think that would be the strangest name outside of maybe the Sneaky Jellyfishes because it just makes no right. sense. It does make sense to those who know the backstory, but okay. it's probably a backstory that can't be discussed okay. on the podcast. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. We'll leave it at that. Um, I'm yes. tipping the herds. Yeah, herds for me as well. Um, I think it'd be pretty close, providing that uh, John actually shows up to the game. But yeah, just the, the the inconsistency means that I have to go with the herds. Next up, Magic Mike plays Dyslexia Untied. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I was trying to figure out, I was trying to do some mental gymnastics in my head, trying to work out a way that this could happen and he could beat Magic Mike. I guess if Magics have one of their really down weeks as we've seen that they can do, then maybe, but Magix for me. Definitely the Magix in this one. I mean, oh, I'm going to need Leachy to, to win a game and, and show some form before you could you know, possibly actually tip the Dyslexics to win. Um you know, it's always possible that the Magix could have a down week with that uh, that forward line, but I, I think he'll probably still account for, for the dyslexics quite comfortably. I'll do a reverse podcast curse because the last time I offered this invitation and then didn't follow it up because I didn't do a podcast that week, but I said to Grady, if he beats Keefies, then he's welcome to come on the pod and just rave about his team. I'm going to offer the same to Leachy. If you can beat Magix this week, I will, whatever time you want, 3 a.m. in Europe, uh, sorry, 3 a.m. over <laughs> here, whatever time it is in Europe, I am willing to give you a call and get you on the pod to talk about it. So reverse podcast curse. Let's go, Leachy. We need to see Leachy get a win. We need to see it. It's not nice having no one uh, no one yet to open the account. So oh, yeah, just Leachy, he... we're, we're, we're pulling for you. He's very dejected as well. Just, oh, no, I may as well go down with my ship sort of vibes in, in trade talks and so on. So I need we need enough about it. The anti-Grady is <laughs> <laughs> who was determined not to go down with his ship whatsoever, so much so that he got an entire, entirely new ship to go down with. He was actually throwing his players off the side of the ship to try and make it lighter <laughs> to... to <laughs> to make the boat more buoyant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next game, Wooden Spooners play Sneaky Jellyfishers. This tipping is so hard this year because you just don't know. Wooden Spooners showed like consistent 1500s for like four weeks before that fourteen low 1400s in the weekend. And Sneaky Jellyfishers, you're either getting like 1650 or you're getting like 1350. I think the Spooners, no confidence though. I am going to go the other way. I'm going to go for the jellies just on the back of the uh, significant injury conversation we had about the, uh, about the spooners. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the jellies, but th- this could honestly go either way. Like you could tell me either of these two teams beat the other by like 250 points and I wouldn't be shocked. What's more shocking is I think, I mean, someone can go back through the audio, but that could be the first time we've actually tipped opposite teams. <laughs> 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 It's uh, been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time. You're up next, JR, versus the basics. I am going to tip you, despite all your prep work that you did before, just willing <laughs> willing James Davies to, I guess, get sucked into a false sense of security so you can pummel him with a Roman Marshall 300 and so on. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said last week, and I think it's still true, I'm just checking the ladder now, that not only has... Uh, the basics obviously cop quite a bit of shit for his drafting, but he also then was <laughs> proceeded to be pummeled with points four. 
multiple points against, I should say. Like, a, like an absolute beat down from the league. He's actually been overtaken by my opponent this week, which is, this is, oh, these two games have got fucking danger signs written all over them for us. But not danger club. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. Well, look, I, I am going to tip myself, um, but I am going to have to check Rowan Marshall's roster just to see if it's his, his uh, full-time week or, or or if he's on another uh, part-time schedule this week. So, uh, Ron, if you could show up to work and maybe put in a full day, that would that would be fantastic. I may need it if, if James Davies is on the ball. Do you reckon he gets, like, penalty rates when he has to travel interstate for work and stuff like that? Like, is he on, like, one of those sort of contracts? I, I think he might have his own, like, EA just to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like if he has to work more than the allotted amount, like there's a certain amount, like gets paid for a call out or, you know, um, yeah, I think he's definitely on a good wicket and he, he's done very well for himself. Uh, next game, DVTTs play the Collie Wobbles. I said before that although B was showing signs of life and he's coming back and I'm, I'm all aboard that train that I keep tipping against him and the same's going to happen this week as well as he <laughs> as he plays DVTTs. I tell you what, though, two losses on the trot for Regan, and that would just be oh, just music to the league's ears. Um, but I will be tipping Regan this game very reluctantly. I've, uh, I'm actually seeing B-Will tomorrow night. He's in Brisbane. I'm going to catch up with him wow. and Ash over dinner. It's going to be lovely. Beautiful. How good? He's hanging around for the weekend? No, I think he's actually leaving. Oh. He was in Cairns last week. so Oh, sorry, weekend, I think, and so on. So it's kind of like a trip down to see his family and catch up with us. And then I think he's on his way back. So uh, hopefully I can send him some positive vibes in person to beat Regan because that'll be fantastic. Who are you tipping? I am, yeah, definitely tipping Regan to bounce back and probably hand out a uh, pretty significant uh, loss, I think. I think that score from Regan was very out of the ordinary and I think he'll bounce back to his more normal uh, form line. Um, Just like to mention... I'm also going to Cairns next week, which makes an incredible amount of uh, quadruple AFL coaches in Queensland this week. So there may may almost be more in Queensland than there is, or more outside of South Australia than there is inside of South Australia this week. We've well, really gone global. Oh, that's so disappointing. And, and, by, and by global, I mean um, one person's <laughs> overseas and the rest are in Queensland. So. That's really disappointing because the week after, uh, Lockie and Regan and B was coming back as well, funnily enough, <laughs> to Brisbane. So we could have like had a, I don't know, could have had a Queensland sort of faction and we could have I don't know, done a Super Sunday at the, the How It's Met Wars. <laughs> Could have been done. Could have been done. Oh, well, next time. Uh, last game of the round, Gina Grindhart's play, Rainy or Parade. Oh, do I dare? Yeah, I'm going Yeah, I'm going to. Gina Grindhart's, I think, will beat Echo based on that just terrible forward line as we read through it. <laughs> um, I don't know how you can have both King brothers when one's injured and one's <laughs> terrible, but Echo's managed to have both at the moment. So uh, I am going to Grindhart's. Um, you stole my smoky tip right out of oh. uh, out of my mouth. So, yeah, I am also going the Grand Hearts just on the basis of also seeing both kings in Echo Ford line. <laughs> that has to be a loop. Like, it has to be a loop holding situation or something, doesn't it? Like he needs to get both of those kings out of the uh, out of the Ford line. I will die. <laughs> I will die, and it's been well-documented, search Max King or Ben King through the group. I will absolutely die on the hill that the King brothers are overrated. 
Um, well, that's funny that you said that because I died on the hill last year when Max King kicked six goals straight in about the only relevant performance <laughs> of his career. So, uh, you can die. You can die on that theoretical hill. I died on the actual physical hill. Uh, just to defend Echo slightly, I've just checked the injury report, and Max King is possibly a test for this weekend slash a week away. So. Uh, I mean, I also wouldn't be holding him for any reason whatsoever because I don't think he's extremely fantasy relevant, but got to do what you got to do. And that was it for the round eight tips. We'll be back to wrap up very shortly. (laughs) Welcome back. We've just uh, in that, what is a short break for you, but about a 12 minute break (laughs) for us. We've tried a new segment and failed. So we're going to scrap that (laughs) completely from the record. (laughs) You can find it in the outtakes. We'll drop that on the uh, on the YouTube page. The, blo- the, the bloopers. Um, <laughs> JR, thank you once again for your time. Another successful pod. Good luck this weekend against James Davies. I am very concerned for you as I am very concerned for myself. Do you think we'll do a pod next week if we both lose? <laughs> uh, well, I won't be doing a pod regardless because I will be away. Uh, oh. So someone may have to be drafted in in my absence. Um, I can maybe send like a bit of a voice message from uh, from Sunny Cans uh, if I win, uh, and if I lose, you won't be hearing anything. <laughs> so just this is going to come across as extremely dumb, but just to put into perspective how big Australia is, when you say you're going up the Cans, and people said he's also going up the Cans, I had a quick look at to see, you know, oh, maybe we could we could drive over for eight hours to to get there <laughs> from from <laughs> Brisbane. Like, can you guess how long it takes to drive from Brisbane to Cairns? Same state. Probably like, oh, I would say two and a half days, maybe three. Uh, it would take 19 hours and 25 minutes, which you probably have to break up into. Uh, you could probably get it done in two if you really, really wanted maybe to. Two. But maybe like, two. yeah, that is, it's so big. Like what the hell? Anyway, we're going to go off on a tangent again about geographical locations, which is what got us into the mess of the uh, the previous segment. So. The famous segment. JR, I will not be seeing you next week. Have fun in Cairns. It's a well-deserved break for yourself. We will draft somebody in and good luck for your fantasy game this week. You too, mate. Pleasure. Enjoy. (laughs)